Chapter 12. The Letting of the Room. It'll be remembered that when the men separated, Owen going to the office to see Rushton and the others on their several ways, Easton and Slime went together. And during the day, Easton had found an opportunity of speaking to him about the bedroom. Slime was about to leave the place where he was at present lodging, and he told Easton that although he had almost decided on another place, he'd take a look at the room. At Easton's suggestion, they arranged that Slime was to accompany him home that night. As the former remarked, Slime could come and see the place, and if he didn't like it as well as the other that he was thinking of taking, well, there's no harm done. Ruth had contrived to furnish the room. Some of the things she had obtained on credit from a second-hand furniture dealer but exactly how she managed, well, Easton didn't know. But it was done. "'Well, this is the house,' said Easton, as they passed through the gate, creaking loudly on its hinges and then closed off itself rather noisily. Ruth had just been putting the child to sleep, and she stood up as they came in, hastily fastening the bodice of her dress as she did so. "'I brought a gentleman to see you,' said Easton. Although she knew that he was looking out for someone for the room, Ruth had not expected him to bring anyone home in this sudden manner, and she could not help wishing that he had told her beforehand of his intention. It being Monday, she had been very busy all day, and she was conscious that she was rather untidy in her appearance. Her long brown hair was twisted loosely into a coil behind her head, and she blushed in an embarrassed way as the young man stared at her. Easton introduced Slime by name, and they shook hands. And then, at Ruth's suggestion, Easton took a light to show him the room, and while they were gone, Ruth hurriedly tidied her hair and her dress. When they came down again, Slime said that he thought the room would suit him very well. And what were the terms? And uh, did he wish to take the room only, just to lodge, inquired Ruth, or would he prefer to board as well? Slime intimated he desired the latter agreement. In that case, she thought, twelve shillings a week would be fair. She believed that that was the usual amount. Of course, that would include washing, and if his clothes needed a little mending, well, she'd do that for him too. Slime expressed himself satisfied with these terms, which were, as Ruth had said, about the usual ones. He would take the room, but he was not leaving his present lodgings until Saturday. It was therefore agreed that he was to bring his box on Saturday evening. When he'd gone, Easton and Ruth stood looking at each other in silence. Ever since his plan of letting the room first occurred to them, they'd been very anxious to accomplish it, and yet now it was done. They felt dissatisfied and unhappy, as if they'd suddenly experienced some irreparable misfortune. In that moment they resembled nothing of the darker side of their life together. Their hard times and the privations were far off, and they seemed insignificant beside the fact that this stranger was for the future to share their home. To Ruth especially it seemed that the happiness of the past twelve months had suddenly come to an end. 
She shrank from the involuntary aversion and apprehension from the picture that rose before her of the future, in which this intruder appeared the most prominent figure, dominating everything and interfering with every detail of their home life. Of course, they had known all this before, but somehow it had never seemed so objectionable as it did now. And as Easton thought of it, he was filled with an unreasonable resentment against Slime, as if the latter had forced himself upon them against their will. Damn him, he thought. I wish I'd never brought him here at all. Ruth did not appear to him to be very happy about it either. Well, he said at last, what do you think of him? Well, he'll be all right, I suppose. Yes, well, for my part, I wish he wasn't coming, Easton continued. Yes, that's just what I was thinking, replied Ruth dejectedly. I don't like him at all. I seem to turn against him directly he came in the door. Well, I have a good mind to back out of it somehow tomorrow, exclaimed Easton after another silence. I could tell him we've unexpectedly got some friends coming to stay with us. Yes, said Ruth eagerly. It'd be easy enough to make some excuse or other. As this way of escape presented itself, she felt as if a weight had been lifted from her mind. But almost at the same instant she remembered the reasons why they had first led them to think of letting the room. And she added disconsolately, Oh, it's foolish for us to go on like this, dear. We must let the room. And it might just as well be to him as anyone else. We must just make the best of it. That's all. Easton stood with his back to the fire, staring gloomily at her. Yes, well, I suppose that's the right, the right way to look at it, he replied at length. If we can't stand it, then we'll just give up the house and take a couple of rooms or a small flat if we can get one. Ruth agreed, although neither alternative was very inviting. The unwelcome altercation in their circumstances was, after all, not altogether without its compensations, because from the moment of arriving at this decision, their love for each other seemed to be renewed and intensified. They remembered with acute regret that hitherto they had not always fully appreciated the happiness of that exclusive companionship's of which there were now remained to them but one week more. For once, the present was esteemed at its proper value, being invested with some of the glamour which almost always envelops the past.